Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Today's episode is sponsored by IBM, and we're very excited with us, Randy Walker, Global Managing Director of Financial Services for IBM. Welcome to the show, Randy, and thank you for being here. No, thank you, Thea. Thanks for having me. So let's start by talking about some of the areas that IBM is helping is financial services client, especially during this pandemic, as so many areas of industry technology infrastructure is shifting towards the cloud. So how has IBM responded to COVID-19? Well, I mean, COVID, unlike, you know, other you know, items and things that it hit, you know, is global. So it, it hit and we saw, you know, a global response uh, and a global change of what was going on. Now, over time, that's kind of shifted. But the initial piece was around how do you respond? How do we help our banks, uh, you know, our partners? Uh, how do they, we help them work from home? How do we help them adjust the, the move from a, you know, working in branch offices to a digital only piece? How do we the network bandwidth pieces of that? The resiliency, you know, uh, you know, the continuity aspects of that. So, you know, the very first piece was, you know, keeping, you know, keeping the lights on, keeping the banks working. I mean, we had one client in in Europe that we went from uh, a thousand uh, of their employees on site to all of, within two days, all of those working remotely. We've gotten, you know, overnight uh, laptops to a, a U.S. insurer because their, their people needed to work remotely versus working in, in the center. We've, uh, we've expanded our AI capabilities because so many you know, calls started inundating in the call centers that you know, they couldn't support them from a, a voice only. So moving very quickly to put AI and machine learning in place you know, to handle self-service you know, with the, the massive uh, ramp up that we saw in that and, and just on our own. Um, and we, we support you know, almost all of the large banking institutions in the world. Uh, we do that, you know, with IBMers that are in facilities around the world, you know, not only in the home countries, but in our global delivery centers. And we did the same, you know, so how do we support those clients and move, you know, our own teams uh, to remote working without losing a beat? So, you know, we were able to, in all of our delivery centers, you know, shift, 95% of our work, you know, workforce, you know, from on premise with, you know, either IBM or with the clients to, to working from home, you know, in two days and which is, you know, unheard of, you know, being able to do it, but also without the disruption, you know, and, and deliver. So, you know, you know, clients trust up to help keep the lights on to keep things going. And, you know, our first response was, how do we help them? How do we, you know, make sure we do this in a, in a safe, you know, way for the employees? but also do it in a secure way, you know, uh, around the world. And, um, and I think we've did it, you know, extremely well. And, you know, now you know, this has become somewhat the new normal of how things are going to be going forward. But the first case was it was about, you know, about response. So, so let's talk a little bit more about that path then um, of digital transformation within financial services itself. You gave a lot of really good examples. and. You know, the industry within banking is really just getting used to uh, taking these baby steps toward things like leveraging VPNs to access email and BYOD management for personal devices. We've come a long way in this last decade. 
uh, where more banks and credit unions are looking to leverage, like you said, both cloud and AI and other enterprise level technologies, whether directly or sort of indirectly through partners. What are some of the other ways that IBM itself had to sort of change the way that they thought about new technology and their ability to serve their financial services clients? No, I mean, it's, 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 it's a great point. And you know, what we, in some cases, you know, banks, financial institutions are the cause of regulatory requirements, compliance requirements and, and conservatism, you know, they've been a, a follower as opposed to a leader on some of the technologies, you know, whether the technology is, you know, a, a move to public cloud or, you know, whether it's the use of AI or, you know, or the other pieces. And so, you know, really understanding how banks are and financial services companies are unique, you know, is critical because what works for a retailer, you know, won't work for, you know, for a financial and a global financial institution. So the number one thing that we've done, you know, over the years is really building up deep industry expertise. Um, you need people that understand and understand financial markets, banking, understand it in depth and, and understand it in the local markets, uh, the regulatory requirements, in the US are different than what's Japan, you know, which is different from Brazil. So not only, you know, is it uh, understanding the industry in depth, but also understanding the industry in the context of the local markets they're in or the global markets they're in. So, you know, we've, you know, we've really focused in kind of a couple of areas on that around some acquisitions. The first was a promontory acquisition uh, we did back in 2016 promontory, the world's top regulatory consulting, compliance consulting team for financial institution. Promontory works, you know, with the, the largest banks around the world, helping them understand the regulatory environment, helping understand the compliance environment and how, you know, from an IT standpoint, from a data standpoint, they can meet those requirements. So promontory and their expertise was key to us. And then another acquisition that we, you know, the largest one we've ever done, which was Red Hat, that we acquired, you know, Red Hat really key around working in a multi-cloud hybrid environment. And, you know, with our financial institutions, you know, what we see is they, you can't just easily move to public cloud. You know, they have on-premises work, they have private clouds and they have public clouds. And so, you know, you have to be able to, in that environment, be able to put a framework, thoughts and understanding of what portions can work where. And with Red Hat, Red Hat works uh, across multiple clouds, uh, the IBM cloud, but not only the IBM cloud, uh, our competitors' clouds, they work with multiple SIs. So Red Hat, with their capability to containerize uh, with Kubernetes, uh, you know, existing workloads, you can containerize those and then you can start working those in a hybrid cloud environment across multiple, you know, uh, you know, areas really provides flexibility, you know, that the banks haven't seen before. So if you take what we have with Promontory and understand the regulatory environments, you know, and, and you know, for the banks in, in each of the countries, you take Red Hat, which really understands in depth hybrid computing, containerization, you know, how do you work in a multi-cloud, hybrid cloud environment? We bring those things, those two things together with our industry consultant and our industry expertise. And then we're able to really craft, you know, a, you know, a consistent uh, path, you know, with our clients to safely and securely uh, start moving their, their data and their information and their applications, you know, into the hybrid cloud world.
So, Randy, you um, mentioned something I think it will resonate to, to many of us is that I think traditionally speaking, financial services industry is a little bit more conservative and rightfully so in many cases. Um, and less than 10% of financial services data and technology infrastructure um, resides in the clouds, which means there is much room for improvement and changes. So IBM recently launched the IBM Cloud for Financial Services. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, the public cloud service in the context of different clouds environments, the private, public, hybrid, and multi-cloud, which you just touched on a little bit, and how and specifically that helps financial institution in terms of helping them gain efficiency, security, um, but more importantly, the ability to innovate. You said it well. So, you know, in, in what we would call, you're kind of looking at cloud and, you know, I'd say kind of pre-cloud chapter one and chapter two. Pre-cloud, most of the workloads for the financial institutions ran, you know, on their, their mainframes, on their servers, they ran in-house, you know, they, and it was all shared and you built a, you know, a wall, you know, around to protect that. And when we went to kind of the first phase of in chapter one of public cloud, you know, it was looking at the cloud native, you know, born on the cloud applications, you know, the client facing applications that did not meet, you know, regulatory or control requirements. And so that's where you saw kind of the, the explosion of the, the, the public cloud uh, movement in, you know, not only in financial services, but across the board. But for financial services, you know, with the regulations, you know, and the compliance requirements, very, you know, small amount has actually moved to public cloud. Um, you know, I think overall we would say 20% has moved, you know, for financial services, you know, with probably less than 10%, you know, of data and applications have moved. So, uh, you know, this is, as we're moving, as we would call it into chapter two, a big opportunity and uh, pent up demand for our financial institutions and, and overall regulated industries to start leveraging, you know, the value of, of cloud. And that's where, that's where we're focused on. So our view is that the world, you know, of, of, of cloud, and especially with financial institutions, is going to be multi-cloud. They're going to have, clients will have multiple clouds and run the workloads uh, on the cloud that, you know, is the most applicable. Uh, but it's also going to be hybrid. Uh, there's going to be pieces uh, of functionality that will stay, you know, running on their mainframe, and then which does it extremely well. There's going to be pieces that are private cloud that, you know, with, because of the regulatory requirements, stay, you know, private. And then there's going to be pieces that go public. If you start talking about the core workloads to go public, though, there is a huge barrier of moving any of those from a regula regulatory standpoint. So. With the launch of IVM Cloud for Financial Services, you know we've taken a, a big step, uh, really a unique step in the industry of combining our promontory capability, our Red Hat capability, our industry knowledge, and working very closely to build the industry's you know first cloud that meets the regulatory compliance and encryption requirements that's needed for the industry to allow an unmatched capability to start moving those workloads to a public cloud and doing it safely, you know, and securely, you know, for that piece. So, you know, this is an area of a lot of the core applications, whether it's core banking, uh, whether it's credit cards and others where you need a, a high degree of security, uh, a high degree, you know, of uh, encryption to make sure that you're protecting it. These now we can start moving those workloads and we can start moving those workloads 
in a safe and secure environment, which allows the financial institutions to reap the benefits of public cloud, which give you the flexibility, scalability, uh, resilience, and the other pieces that you need there. I mean, from, you know, on our earnings call yesterday, our, our, our CEO, Arvind Krishna, just mentioned, you know, a hybrid cloud strategy, we think will allow the banks to deliver 2x the value than only a public cloud strategy. And the reason we feel that is by what you can use for a, a, a public cloud, it's very limited with the financial institutions. But now with our IBM Cloud for Financial Services, that ability uh, to leverage and utilize is dramatically increased with the financial institutions that we're working on. Let's talk about some of the other ways that IBM positions itself compared to your competitors and some of the other reasons that financial service or fintech firms might consider partnering with IBM. Um, how has Watson and other IBM services helped with automation in terms of optimizing customer service workflows or other areas of self-service digital banking? Do you see these efficiency gains helping banks deliver better core value propositions for their customers? Absolutely. And I think you know, I'd say first it's around uh, our commitment to open. Um, you know, one of the the largest complaints or largest issues that we get from our, our, our clients across all industries is getting locked in, uh, getting locked into a particular cloud. Uh, you know, you use their their tools, you use their software, and you go in and you get locked in, you know, to their platform. And it makes it, you know, very hard or, you know, almost impossible, you know, to, to shift. Um, IBM has always been committed to, 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 to open and to open platforms and open software. And we really kind of took that to the next level, you know, with Red Hat, uh, you know, Red Hat with their open source capabilities, uh, you know, with OpenShift and where they can go, you know, is the one that really everything is designed in a format that it can run on any cloud, you know, it can work with any SI and really allow, you know, our clients to maximize the benefits of the investment that they've already made. So where they've already made cloud investments, but probably more importantly, give them the flexibility, you know, to move into new areas quickly. And, and that flexibility and that openness of the platform is why we've had a huge groundswell of support from the ISVs and for the fintechs to come and join, uh, you know, our and certify on our IBM cloud for financial services. We've already had over 30 uh, ISVs that have already committed to our platform. And the reason they're so excited is because they can do it one time. And then wherever the cloud is running the certification requirements, they know that it will meet the local requirements, you know, for whichever bank they're working with or for whichever country that they're working in. So it's a really differentiated offering. And we've just been really excited that the ecosystem, you know, of all of these players, you know, that are in the industry, you know, is something that they see as hugely valuable and allows them to quickly scale up uh, and move to that area. So, you know, there's a number of those that are in the industry that, that you know, that we can discuss. But the groundswell of those has been very, very exciting. So. Indeed, it is. So, um, as you just mentioned, a few of those ISVs have joined uh, Thought Machines and Intellect Design. 
curious to see how do you see that ecosystem evolving beyond this initial groundswell and how will their being part of the IBM Cloud for Financial Services help your partners um, with their digital transformation efforts? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's a number of, you know, the, you know, there's industry, uh, you know, ISVs, you know, SaaS providers, the Finical Thought Machine, Intellectual Design, C3.ai. A lot of the industry players see the value because this is the way that they can get to scale and they can do that at scale, you know, with partnering with us on our cloud. So if they build on our IBM Cloud for Financial Services and get certified with that and leveraging the open source commitment to Red Hat, then that allows them to sell into you know, all of the banks you know, in the US market, but it also allows them for all of the countries where we're certified to sell in, into and know it will work in a certified regulatory compliant way in all the countries around the world. And especially a lot with core banking systems and a lot of the financial software packages and ISVs, you know, they've been very customized by market. They've been very customized by client. And where they're really excited is this allows them to put functionalities out and allow them to adopt those into the different markets. And knowing if they write it to our cloud and it's certified on our cloud, then it's going to work and it's going to work, you know, in each one of the countries, you know, wherever, you know, wherever we're running this. So that gives them the ability, you know, to scale and leverage that whole open source community, you know, that they maybe wouldn't have had in the past. Let's talk about a couple other tools in the tool shed that you have uh, to work with your clients. Can you tell us a little bit about IBM Garage? And the tools and teams within your that part of the company that could help financial institutions during their transition toward more digital applications. Uh, IBM Garages. I mean, it's we've been talking about the what. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the what, which is how we, uh, where you know we can move things with our our IBM Cloud for Financial Services. The the garage gets to the the how. Uh, how do we take existing code that's you know sitting on-premise, you know, in a private cloud, how do we work with our clients in a co-creation mode uh, to work and understand where best can we run that? And then how can we modernize? How can we containerize? Uh, how can we migrate that, you know, to the, to the cloud destination? And what we've developed, you know, uh, with IBM Garage is, you know, a unique way using our uh, garage method of co-locating our teams, we we bring our tools, our best practices, uh, and the technologies that we can to start working with our clients. You know, in a DevSecOps, even a DevSecOps compliance model, uh, where we leverage design thinking, agile tools, and help the clients co-create the future, not only from a technology standpoint, but more importantly, from a business transformation. So what is the new operating model of how will the bank, both IT and operations operate into the future? How will the digital experience with the clients be? And doing this, not a historical, you know, design, build, and then run, but working closely with the business, closely with clients, co-creating it, testing it, and doing this means we can bring value uh, with our banks much more rapidly to the clients. And so, you know, this is a, a way to do it. 
all of our consultants are, are trained on it. And, you know, we have the technology enablers to make sure that we can do it. And it's a, it's, it's a key, a key tool for really driving true business transformation, you know, leveraging our technology with our customers. You, you talked earlier about the importance of the acquisition of both Red Hat and Promontory Financial Group, um, which I had a chance to work with a bit. Uh, just exceptional team there. Thinking about that, let's talk about the security of IBM Cloud for financial services, uh, like hyper-protect crypto services and keep your own key capabilities. How does the IBM Cloud for financial services enhance the security of financial data? And how will this help alleviate concerns that financial institutions may have uh, moving more of their technology infrastructure and data to the cloud. So first is around promontory and just, you know, a little, you know, so the promontory capability, I mean, they really came with, you know, truly, you know, depth of what it means operationally, what it means cost-wise, what it means to manage these risk environments and how do you embed those capabilities into our clients' infrastructure to allow them to automate, you know, what would be manual, you know, capabilities and be able to automate those and speed those so that they can support, you know, their customers, you know, in a much, a, a much smoother, easier way. They've done this with, you know, thousands of, of banks around the world. Uh, and for us in our financial services cloud, they you know have implemented over 450 of those controls you know you know for us in our cloud which are the main controls that that we would need now besides that of what we've got with promontory and the regulatory control set you know there's a number of really important you know security aspects you know that are coming that you, that comes with our IBM cloud for financial services one i think you just mentioned was you know keep your own key uh, you know, not only does this have that we we don't have access to it, you know, IBM can't a access the keys. So and it's a matter. It's, you know, if you, you bring your own key, it's one thing with keep your own key. You're guaranteed that there's no way, you know, IBM could access that. So it provides a level of in, you know, end user data protection and control that no matter what, you know, that that data, that confidentiality remains with you. Um, the next side is around the encryption. and you know, the top level of uh, encryption that's in the market uh, is, is the FIPS 140-2 level four. That is the highest level of encryption security keys. Uh, we have that. Uh, we have that built into our public cloud for financial services. And what this does is, in a lot of cases, provides protection that our clients don't even have in their existing on-prem solutions. So this is one where we actually have higher protection for our clients than they would if they kept it running on their in-house you know, servers and data centers there. The other piece is around, you know, around data gravity. And what we mean by that is where getting the access to the information, the access to the data, you know, closer to where the people are operating on it, which makes a huge difference as you start talking about latency uh, minimizing the latency, the minimizing the amount of data that has to travel back and forth uh, between the servers and doing that. And so, you know, this becomes, as you're going in with storage, as you're coming with your on-prem and off-prem locations, we really are seeing from our CIO and CTOs, they get very comfortable 
of moving the sensitive data because they know from a standpoint here, the data gravity is only going to have the information where it's needed and where it's used. And you're not having to move data all around the network, all around the multiple clouds to do this. So this really will help, you know, from a standpoint of only the data you need, only the data when you need it, you know, and only, you know, the data, the access is, you know, from to keep your own key, having that access yourself. So. So let's switch gear a little bit. Um, earlier in our conversation, you talked about um, IBM supports all the large institutions around the world. You work with clients such as Bank of America. You have a global advisory group focused on financial services. Um, curious to see how have you positioned IBM to work for smaller banks and credit unions in the United States? So we have a global uh, industry team for financial services uh, with industry experts around the world. Uh, these are in support of the entire industry. They support, you know, our largest clients, uh, as you mentioned, the, the Bank of Americas of the world, but they also help us, you know, and support, you know, all of our industry clients. Uh, what we do is we see a lot of the, the innovation that comes can come in multiple areas. Uh, we have the work we're doing with the large banks, they have a size and a scale and complexity that we know that if we can solve with those, these largest, most complex institutions, then we can take and leverage that complexity and that and reduce it and take it to the smaller banks. But we also have the other side, which is we work with the fintechs and we work on those sides and we see some of the, the best innovation, the most innovative things we're doing in areas like blockchain or crypto uh, you know, and cryptocurrency in these areas, they're areas that some of the fintechs are doing some of the, the, the most cutting edge of technology. So our teams both pull up from the, the fintechs and the innovators that are there, but also work with the largest institutions. And we leverage that, uh, you know, with our team, into, uh, uh, an integrated team, which is our Institute for Business Value, where we continue to pull that. We provide that thought leadership, that intellectual property. And we share that with our clients, whether they're big or small around the world. I mean, and this is a, and it changes. Um, I mean, COVID and the pandemic was the perfect example. Things were moving very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, just, you know, overnight, we were learning from the different countries where things were happening first in, say, Asia. And that wave was coming earlier. We could learn from there as it came to Europe and U.S., uh, we could look and see how things are, you know, what is being successful in one geography and very quickly share it with others and also with the largest smartphone. So, you know, I think the point, this is not a, a, a static team and a static environment, but it is a large global team that really are focusing on what's important now, right? Return to work, you know, security, you know, post-pandemic banking, uh, moving to the digital world, you know, to a branchless world you know, post, you know, post COVID. So, you know, I think those are things that we're kind of currently staying on the edge, but, you know, as things shift from response to return to work to, you know, the new abnormal, you know, we continue to share kind of best practices across with our clients. So let's let's talk about market a little bit. 
and and talk about how IBM is positioned. They're the world's largest hybrid cloud provider. And in fiscal 2019, the company's cloud service revenue reached $21.2 billion, up 11% from the year before. And most recently, cloud computing revenue was $6.3 billion during the second quarter, up 30% from a year earlier. And according to Gartner, cloud services are projected to be a $354 billion business by 2022, likely even larger given the pandemic, right? So obviously, cloud services are going to be a big part of IBM's strategy going forward. How would you like to see IBM's position within the industry evolve during the next decade? And how do you expect the IBM cloud for financial services to expand and grow? Well, we we feel, as you said, the, the hybrid cloud, uh, you know, is where in a multi-cloud world is where our clients, you know, are going to be going. Uh, we think that 80 to 90 percent of those core workloads that are there, they're going to want to to move those and get, you know, the value that you could get, you know, and leveraging cloud. So we fully expect to be that destination for those workloads. Uh, our our, our cloud you know, for financial services will be that regulated cloud that we can take and, and our clients will be confident that we can, can be that destination. But just as important, we're going to continue to work very closely, you know, with the ecosystem, you know, with the fintechs, with the ISVs, and really work closely to allow them to certify one time uh, and certify on our cloud so that then they can get the benefit, you know, of, you know, of driving that around the world for the banks around the world. Uh, but also, you know, for, you know, the different institutions without having every time to recertify it in the different pieces. So we think, you know, the value of the ecosystem, the value of having the key ISVs that work, you know, with the banks around the world is going to be tremendously valuable to our clients. And so, you know, we are, absolutely committed to, to staying open and leveraging our Red Hat ecosystem, working with those ISVs, and then continuing to leverage and, and, and use our services teams, our industry teams that understand those. And as situations change, you know, regulations change, we're going to be continually updating, updating compliance, updating security to make sure that this is not, you know, a, a, a one time, but this is going to be a platform that's going to continue to be the destination we see over the next, you know, five to 10 years. So um, equally looking forward before we wrap up, I'm curious to know what other areas do you expect IBM to move into to help with the financial services industries and, and the customers? Where do you see technology changing? I was just on with, you know, with a, a client CEO in Asia this morning. I think a lot of the the technologies that we see, some are here today and some, you know, are technologies that are rapidly evolving. So we see you know, what wasn't a technology for the future around AI and data is absolutely now using every day around what we can do, how we can automate, how we can use machine learning. That's a, a capability that is very, very, very uh topical and in use, you know, really around all of our clients today. The conversation that we're now moving to is around ideas like 5G and compute at the edge. And you would kind of think, well, 5G may be more of a telecommunications discussion. You know, as you're looking at requirements and 
opportunities for our clients to better serve their customers. 5G gives you multiple capabilities. It gives you where you need low latency. Uh, it gives you a capability to do some ultra low latency work. It gives you the capability to work where you need to do network splicing. So you can have core workloads running on one slice, you know, that are separate from a network slice that you have where you have non-core, you know, capabilities working. And it gives you the ability, you know, to really look at your footprint and, you know, do you always need to have a wired Wi-Fi network or is there capabilities where, you know, you could use, you know, more 5G capabilities in a manufacturing facility or in an office. So 5G and the capability is something that we're working extremely closely with all of the banks and looking at business value and use cases they can drive with clients. We're also with, with what we're doing with blockchain. Uh, you know, blockchain has been a technology that we've been working you know, on here now the last several years. And you really see, you know, with COVID and with the security aspects and piece of this, the banks are now really looking to how they can accelerate the use of not only the blockchain as the technology, but growing and leveraging some of our platforms that we have with blockchain, like WeTrade and TradeLens, you know, and leveraging those, you know, as a part of the services they provide with their clients and being able to, to share the information, to share the data and do that, you know, in a completely secure manner. So those are aspects, I think, you know, with our, you know, cryptocurrency and with Q and what's coming, you know, around that is coming. But a lot of the future technologies are ones that, you know, we're, you know, we're engaged with the, you know, the clients today, whether it's AI, whether it's blockchain, uh, you know, or whether it's getting into 5G. These are very relevant and conversations that we're doing, not for the future, but actually, you know, in conversations with our key clients today. So. so I think we would probably say the future is now. I do hear that a lot, but I think it, it seems to be flowing through from the conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Randy, and uh, really appreciate you sharing the insights with us. And thank you all for listening in to a new episode of One Vision.